You want to hear a fun oh. fact? You want to hear something fun, Thomas? I mean, I, it, I know John. John it's knows numeric, this, I'd I love it. You know it. If it has something to do with 116, and, and all of our listeners might appreciate this too. My 20-year-old daughter, who works for Diego Dev, 20. Uh, yeah, she's 20 now. Fuck. Um, college graduate. She she got she got her first uh, um, diploma from congratulations from a, two, from a two year. Yeah. She announced uh, her candidacy for mayor of our our, our little town here. Okay, well yeah. now you now you have to say her name. Uh, Emily Johnson. I mean, Emily, is it Johnson or yeah. Van Johnson? Just Johnson. It's Johnson. Wow. Just Johnson. Disrespectful. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Why? That's my last name, Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So my daughter. Not only did she go to file the paperwork to run for mayor, um, because she was this new candidate and she didn't, I, I don't know all, all the reasons, but she had to get a certain amount of signatures uh, on a petition to add her to the ballot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. She, she got all the signatures. So she is an official running mayor, mayoral candidate right now of our, that is of our awesome. town here of Poway. Congratulations. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to episode 116 of the PHP Ugly Podcast. I'm Tom Rideout. With me, as always, my my buddy to the left, John Congdon. 116? Are you sure you got that right? That 116. Not right. That's not right. Yeah, I know. And, of course, as always, my buddy to my right, Eric Van Johnson. Does that mean I'm a Republican, if I'm, if I'm your... To the, to the right? I think you're further. Hello. I think you're further left than John. No, no. further right than John. So. No, not I'm possible. usually more right than John. Yeah. Well, that's true. I'll give you that one. John has instituted a security state in his children's bedrooms <laughs> with CC, CCTV cameras covering every possible angle. <laughs> you're not going to let me live that down, are you? Ever? Nope. No. No. Mm-hmm. How you guys doing this week? What is everybody up to? Putting up with demanding clients and not enough time. I was told. I was told by yours truly, John, that I'm a mean person. That I, I didn't, I'm grumpy. I, I did not say you're a mean person. Just when you <laughs> when you're sitting across from a client and they're not saying what you want them to say, you get you you just you look angry. <laughs> <laughs> Not mean. You just look. You look angry. Like you want to. You want to react so bad, and then I'm there, and I say something, and you're like, then you look like you're mad at me because I'm stepping in and saying, they're, they're kind of right. I, I I have to. We we had a client meeting today, and I, I have to admit, I don't think I've ever seen John sweat so much in an office. What? What are you talking about? You were sweating. You were you were you were a heavy perspirer. Well, in general, yes. I don't think today was any different. So you're making it sound like something happened today that I don't know about. No, no. Do we need to, do we need to stop recording and broadcasting and get and hash this out real quick? No. <laughs> you know, dealing with clients is a real talent, and John definitely has that talent. I. I I don't have a lot of room for bullshit in my world, so I have a tendency to kind of not like to listen to a lot of it. <laughs> and the the biggest thing that I, I 
I can't stand is going over the same thing over and over again and say, okay, we've we've been down this been down this path before, we've been down this road before. So yeah, John John is definitely better with the clients than I when, am. When you say that it sounds like um minimi- minimizing what's going on and I view it a little bit differently in that I'm validating what they're saying, understanding it, and then trying to give some sort of feedback. So I learned a long time ago from previous CEOs when I've worked in companies, a lot of the time, if the CEO is saying something, it's not personal. And what they're looking for is, I understand it won't happen again. And here's how I'm going to prevent it. So we happen to have an outage. It was, well, we were down for 30 minutes last week. 30 minutes, yeah. And it was our, Which table it, did you drop this time? <laughs> no, it, it was our own doing. Somebody decided. It, 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 I say it was it was our fault. I mean, there was no question. But it was an innocuous change. It was one of those you don't expect anything to happen. So they make a, a an adjustment in AWS, and all of a sudden, the load balancer just stops, like accepting the fact that there's servers available. Like I don't know all the details. All I know is we made a change that shouldn't have done anything. We have a load balancer. And things stopped working. So instead of fighting when the when the client says, well, we need monitors in place, we need, this can't happen again, and if we are down, we need some other way of, you know, having something up so that people know we're down. And in, instead of reacting to that, it was more telling them, yes, we made a mistake, so admitting our fault, it won't happen again, and here's why. You know, this specific, they don't want the same thing to happen again. If you keep doing the same stupid mistake then you're gonna be fired or they're not gonna use your services whatever so to not do that again we're not gonna make changes to production servers during business hours (laughs) it just (laughs) seems to make sense to the person's defense it wasn't a stupid mistake it it was actually a, a very normal procedure i mean it was a pool of servers that he thought it was okay to to go ahead and and reboot one of the servers. He was trying to work out an issue that we were having with some, ca- I think, with some caching, and so he rebooted. Now, unfortunately, this is a lesson I had learned some time back. But uh, he he rebo- he'd rebooted one of the production servers, thinking not a big deal. We 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 have two others uh, in this pool, so I'm fine. So he does that. Because the way AWS intelligence works, it, it seemed to take it seemed to take a little bit to react to the one that he did, but you know once he once he had rebooted the server and saw the server coming back up, he decided to reboot the others. But that actually triggered the load balancer to think that the servers were dropping offline, and it started this whole process of it trying to trying to uh, rotate the servers out of the pool and spin up new servers into the pool. And then, and then something weird did happen. It, when it spun up the new servers in the pool, it was taking a very long time to attach them to to the pool, so they it wouldn't start sending requests to these new servers. And and then of course we you know we continue to make the problem worse because we decided to get aggressive with some of the thresholds in order to try to hurry up and have. AWS, you know, get the the servers to reattach, and then doing that, we it just it just made the problem worse because then 
because of the thresholds. It was taking the new servers out, and it was it, it, it got it was messy nightmare. and yeah. But I mean, again, it goes back to you make a mistake. How are we going to prevent in the future? I mean, a, a couple weeks ago, the, the main ops person, another client, was on vacation, and we make firewall changes pretty regularly. You know, if somebody is traveling, we'll open up the a firewall port for their new IP address. And somebody decided put an IP address in there and commit the the rules. All of a sudden, the entire firewall just crashed. But it didn't fail over to the other one properly, so it became this race condition of firewall A would was not responding, B picked up, and then A would respond for a second, so B would let go, and it just we were down for a while mm-hmm. until we had somebody go to the cage and pull the plug on firewall A because it wasn't working right. Again, innocuous, you think you're just committing firewall rules that shouldn't take the entire infrastructure down, and it did, so... Right then, it's like, how are we going to prevent it in the future? We're not going to commit firewall rules during business hours. Unless it's mission critical. <laughs> it's funny, this this one person listens to the podcast, and he reminded me, just the night before, on the podcast we were recording, I had talked about how uncomfortable I am not having a full-time ops person. And then like, the <laughs> next day, he took down the environment. It's just got to prove my point, you know? <laughs> Good guy. Good guy. Oh, my. Well, I, I had a... You guys had a meetup this week. We had I one had last a meetup night. as well. We had a good one. So I was the presenter for, for this week's peak PHP meetup. And How'd it go? Not bad. You know, uh, a four-person four turnout, which mm-hmm. is... Is sort of what we're four, expecting for the time. Four time it was four times as much as the last time, right? Yes. Yeah. There you go. So exponential growth right there. Four hundred percent. It wasn't too bad. You know, and we've done uh meetups at SDPHP where very, very few people turned out. Um mm-hmm. and I, I know it can be disheartening as a as a runner to or as an organizer to have that low turnout numbers and stuff. Um but I, you know, you can't let it get to you, and and I'm glad I did the presentation. It it went a little quicker than I had anticipated. I was about ten minutes short of my time. But what 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 did you present on? Uh, it was a presentation I'd given at SDPHP um, about hacking websites through XSS, CSRF, uh, SQL injection, and sort of programmer behavior. Mm-hmm. Um. So just sort of a rough entry-level security presentation. Uh, I, I had some code that I used to demonstrate vulnerabilities. Um, I, I don't like security presentations where they don't show it functioning. Mm-hmm. They don't show how the vulnerability works. Um, so I, I had a, an old project that I was able to pull up from, I think, 2014 or 2013, at SDPHP when I first presented it. And interestingly enough, the several of my examples no longer worked in Chrome. Really? Um, yeah, so Chrome has a an XX, XSS detection algorithm now where if it sees code in a link, 
uh, if, it sees, if it sees an open or a closed tag in a link or a URL, then it checks for that showing up in the page as well. And if it shows up in the page, then it just blocks the whole page from rendering. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. That's actually great. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. something I hadn't run into before because I I do this all the time with admin tools. Admin tools always post back to themselves and show what you just typed in, and several of my admin tools support HTML. So I don't know why I'd never seen this before, but I guess if you put it in a text area or an input, it considers it safe, but if it, if it outputs and actually renders the script then it considers it unsafe. Um, so in- interesting work by Chrome. Um, there's a... Is it, any HTT- open, is it any open and close tag, or is it script specifically? It's any greater than or less than or quote sign. When it sees that, when it sees that in the URL, then it passes the URL to this post-processor. Uh, otherwise, the post-processor doesn't even get run. Because it's a performance hit. So, nice. yeah, it's 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 cool. Um, it was easy to circumvent. You just pass a header that says "disable this detection." So, so if you get access to the headers on the website, your XSS has no problem still executing. But but if you have access to that, then you don't need XSS. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, interestingly enough, you know. Uh, you know that whenever I present, I'm very careful about which tabs I have open in my browser. Mm-hmm. Um, no work-related stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if, you, if, if I happen across one of my tabs that's work-related, it's pretty apparent that I shouldn't be displaying that at a public library. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went through my normal process of closing all work-related stuff. What I didn't account for is that the Google homepage on Chrome gives you uh, eight, little tabs. eight little quick tabs that have screenshots of your most frequented websites. <laughs> so, that happened. That's awesome. Yeah, it was... I'm working on the, the gay websites right now. And it was slightly awkward. <laughs> But the question is, did you try explaining it or did you just roll with it? I, you know, I always preface my, my meetup talks when I'm using my machine. I always preface my meetup talks with, listen, I work for an adult company. I try to make sure that no content that I work on shows up during presentations. Um, but if it happens, I apologize in advance and, uh, it's not supposed to. So I had actually given that talk, I had given that speech before it happened. Um, and everyone was, everyone was very generous to ignore that they saw anything at all. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, at SDPHP last night, we had Jesse Decker, who we've had speak before at our meetup, and I love his style of speaking. He's so fluent, energetic. The way he talks is just fantastic. Do his, the presentation he's doing at WavePHP in, what is it now, 40 days away? Three days, ten hours. Way too quick. Anyway, he gave the presentation he's doing next month, last night. So it was kind of a sneak peek at a Wave PHP presentation. Uh, great turnout. Uh, we normally get in like the 
upper teens, low twenties, and what do we have last night? Twenty five. Twenty five. Mm-hmm. Fantastic talk. It's it was all on evented architecture and all about how to squeeze the most out of your CPU. So instead of trying to scale horizontally, you know, use the CPU time that you have. But it it takes such a a mind shift to be able to take a lot of the things he was talking about and put them into practice. But it was so interesting. Hmm. I'm, I'm excited for, for wave. Um, yeah. uh, like I said, at, at my meetup, I was the presenter, but the organizer of my meetup is, uh, Brian Johnson, Johnson, John- Johnson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wave PHP presenter. Yeah, so I got to talk with him about Wave PHP. I got my Wave PHP sticker. <laughs> and and as he handed me the sticker, he said, "I just noticed for the first time even though I've had these stickers for 2 months that there's an elephant hidden in the logo." <laughs> that's my doing. You know what I said to him? I said, "That's funny because I didn't notice that till you pointed out and I approved the logo." <laughs> I si- I literally signed off on whether or not we were going to use this logo for P- for Wave PHP because you guys sent me the link to preview all the the logos you were testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that felt pretty dumb. <laughs> it's it's funny because the the stickers I had uh, printed up um, I had of what's what we call the solid colors and we actually have one that have this weathered look. Well, I haven't had this printed up, but I'm. I'm seriously. I, I think when we print up stickers for the actual conference, I'm gonna I'm gonna print up the weathered look ones as that, well. That's what we're using on the site is a weathered look one. I I believe. Well, at the very top, it's not. Um, Further down above. But yeah, you're right. Is, for sure. O- over speakers, it's the weathered look. Yeah. Yeah, I like the weathered look better too. Like I I, I kind of want that one put put on the shirts, but I'm worried I'm worried it won't come out right. I think the shirts are going to look get that weathered look eventually anyways. So it'll just it'll just transition from one logo to the other. <laughs> we should do tank tops. We should do tank tops, oh, not God, t-shirts. No. No. <laughs> it's a it's a beach, man. Tank tops. Yeah, but you're talking about programmers here. <laughs> look at look at look at your shirt sizes before you start ordering tank tops. Good. Uh, tank tops are the way to go. Oh, I well, put I mean, that on we went to we too. went to Laracon and they ran out of the triple XLs before they ran out of anything else. Uh, God, so much to do for this Actually, conference still. Yeah, it's all it's a all that. Well, you know, we've done everything we can do now. Now it's just a waiting game. Well, that waiting is over. Now we actually have to do stuff again. It's so, of the four stressful. people that were there, you and Brian are the other two coming to. Wave PHP? Did you talk to them about it? Convince them they need to? I, did you I even did a, mention Wave PHP? I did a hard sell on Wave PHP to everyone who was there and told them that Brian... Because Brian... I brought it up and Brian goes, Oh yeah, I was supposed to mention that. <laughs> he's fired. He's not speaking <laughs> at the conference now. I said, I said, don't worry. Well, okay, first off, I know you can't do that. So... Yeah, we we gave we gave the sell to to everybody there, and and there were a couple of people took stickers, so some interest. We'll see. 
couple <laughs> couple people that's everybody. <laughs> that's me and me and me and one other guy took stickers. <laughs> You're already coming. Yeah, but I didn't have the sticker yet. <laughs> well, we we got some oh, interest in ours as well, so we got a, a few more people. I think that will be purchasing purchasing a ticket in the next forty days, ten hours, thirty six minutes, and twenty nine seconds. We got some good talk. Wait a second, I, your JavaScript doesn't account for time zones. No, it doesn't. Mine says mine says forty days, nine hours, and thirty six minutes. Well, then it's accounting for time zones because yeah. ours says ten hours. But I'm going to be hour, you're you're an hour ahead of us. No, but it's a countdown. It's going to happen at the exact same time globally. Yeah, it, it should but for you. It should, it's going to happen I'm an sorry, hour earlier it, if you stay there. Mm-hmm. But I'm but no one's going to stay here for the for the Wave PHP conference. What if we're streaming? They have to you have to be in San. You're not. But we're not. But what if we were? Then this might apply. It applies. <laughs> All right. So the well, wave, the wave the, PHP site's broken. Got got the, that out the, of the way. The, the countdown is accurate within a couple of hours. How's that? Within twenty four hours. Of, within twenty four. Yeah. Within one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway. It'll be around that time. But yeah, after seeing Jesse's talk, I, I got kind of really excited. I, I started because I've been thinking about. Like the talks that I know of that are going to be there, for example, um, Marcus Moore's talk. Uh, he he's building a chatbot that we're actually going to use for Wave PHP, and I got a little preview of it because I'm helping I'm helping him review his code and um, as he's putting his presentation together and as he's adding functionality to the chatbot, I, I got to I got to see it this week and it's like that's yeah, so cool. So he's got the chatbot now where you can ask it about a, um, what is it? You can ask it about a presenter or you can ask it about a sponsor and it gives you the details. I mean, he might be a little ambitious on this, but he's hoping to get it to the point where you can pull up schedules and you can actually favorite uh, talks that you want to go to through the chatbot. And we'll we'll see if if it gets to, to that functionality but it's really cool to see what he's doing with this with this chatbot and um now speaking of sponsors uh, yeah you guys picked up a new sponsor we did sunshine php no they've they've been on there for a while i just saw that on the site you sure yeah actually the one we the one we we can officially announce now that i don't have on the site yet is uh actually can we officially announce it Right? We got permission to post it. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Just do it, man. I Just do. Just do, do ask him to ask him tomorrow. We'll, I, we'll see, post. I'm all about I'm all about the money. We haven't gotten the money in the account yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all about the greens. Spoken spoken like a CFO. <laughs> but actually there's two on My sequel. My my sequel my sequel's what? I was gonna say there's an, another one too. Uh, Nexus is a sponsor as well. Oh, Nexus, yeah. That 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 MySQL. We we've have actually agreed. So Oracle again, big company. There was a lot of paperwork to do. To, to oh my gosh! Even the contracts and everything that went back and forth between us and Oracle just to do this little sponsorship for for our conference. 
was insane. And, and we just, I mean, we've probably been working with them for two, three months now. And we just got approval to post their logo on our site. So it's, That's it's awesome. crazy. And, and, and you have Dave Stokes from Oracle presenting. I, I We had a presentation from him at SDPHP about uh, the JSON column type, didn't we? Yes. We did, but yeah. not only that, we had a presentation from him on this, this MySQL 8. Uh, it was early. I, it might it might have been before it was released or, or just right after it was released, but he did, a, he did a talk on MySQL 8, which is very interesting paradigm shift for, for MySQL. Uh, MySQL 8 introduces a NoSQL document store layer to MySQL. So he has a whole he has a he has a talk on that uh, the first day or well the first day of talks he's not doing a workshop on it um, but he's doing MySQL eight a new beginning and it's interesting like I said we we saw him he, he came down here to San Diego and, and did the talk for us I assume it's going to be probably a similar talk that he does at the conference as well That's, I'm excited I'm really I'm really excited this speaking of Oracle. Don't say anything bad about Oracle, please. <laughs> Not until after the conference. I, I'm actually <laughs> referencing. I'm referencing your next discussion point on the Trello board. Well, hold on. Let's let's not move on from Wave yet, because I'm just curious, John. Mm-hmm. Now that we get have the schedule up, you, you can pick one talk in each day that you don't want to miss. Which talk is it? That's the problem. Is I can't see the freaking talks because I'll be working it. Anyway, I uh, okay. Which one can I not miss? You can plan out your whole schedule, Thomas. But what? Which two do you not want to miss? One, one from each day. God, I can't. I can't even pick the first day. I don't know. I don't know which which one the first day. I don't want. I don't want to miss. Yeah, what? that's that's a. I, w- I want to see ones uh, building a CI/CD pipeline for PHP applications. I, I've gone through so many different ones, and I would love to see <clears throat> just, just other people's workflows. Even though, even though I have I, a, a workflow already in place that I use, mm-hmm. I love seeing others to see, wait, maybe I should be doing something like that. I, I, I keep coming to Jason McCreary. He's doing You Don't Know Git, and I, I feel like I have my head so well around Git, but he's one of those speakers that every time he presents, it's like one of those aha moments, like, Holy crap! That's I didn't realize. That's awesome. I need to start doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm also really cu- I'm also really curious about Amanda's uh, "Silence is Deadly" talk. Yeah, that's why I was looking at that one too. Modernizing your productivity, man. There's so many good talks now, this first day. The, the you don't know Git is one of those where we use Git for exactly the purposes we need it for, mm-hmm. and then once you get outside of that, you're like. Oh shit! What do I need to do? And you'll run into mm-hmm. you'll run into little things, and all of a sudden you're you're googling, and you're like, "Well, I see this command out here. They're saying it should work, but I really don't know." Ask her. Let me try it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, for me, it's for me, it's not just the talks, but it's it's the names. Um, seeing Adam Culp speak. Um, that would be a good one. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him actually talk yet. Yeah. You've got you've got Sean Mays against Jesse Decker, which just tears at my heart. <laughs> Is that the first day or second? That's, that's the second that's day, day right? two. 
That's his day two, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason yeah, McCreary yeah. really sounds oh. Beth Tucker Long, the accessibility for everyone, I think is going to have to take priority for me over, over my sequel eight. Side, side note, uh, last week I, I mentioned how there were six Wave PHP presenters at Laracon, and I named off five and I couldn't remember the sixth. The sixth was Sean, who I was there with, who got me the ticket. His <laughs> name like totally had escaped my head. I'm like, I remembered after the podcast, and then of course he called me out after he heard the show. He's like, "Really, dude? Really? You know, we only spent the entire Laracon together." I'm like, oh yeah, that's. I'm right. the one that gave you the ticket to get in. <laughs> So, yeah, he was he was the sixth uh, wave PHP presenter at Laracon. So, so the title for this episode is Eric's kind of a dick. <laughs> I've been I've, that's that topic has been coming up a lot today. Apparently, I'm I'm kind of an asshole. So yeah. On the second day, yeah, uh, gonna... Mark McEwen's "Where's the Beef?" Really... Another one we had done at SDPHP. Mm-hmm. Fascinating topic. It, it builds on would be great is. Thomas, if you did your presentation from last night and then went into Mark's "Where's the Beef" presentation, that'd be a now, great I, I covered, right there. Yeah, I covered the existence of beef and and how it's used. Um, but I've I'm not experienced with beef, so I'd love to see somebody who's experienced with it. So basically, really flex. You, t- you, you take the XSS stuff where you can inject a script tag. And then you inject the script tag for beef into some random site. And then now you have control of that person on that site. And control of their browser and things they have. So it can do things like LastPass detection and it tries to get into your LastPass account. Uh, You can have it play sounds, open cameras. Oh yeah, the payloads are horrifying. Yeah, it, it was so scary. But... The, I think he's going to add it to the presentation for Wave PHP. The thing he was missing at the SDPHP one was the actual implementation. So what he actually did was installed basically the B front end or code onto a, a local site and just had people go to that. But what he wasn't doing was showing how you could have an innocuous link out on some site, have people yeah. click on that which starts the XSS. So that was the just the, that one little piece I was missing of how could this actually be so harmful? Yeah, you had me go to your site and you, you're a malicious person, but the whole point is if there's a site out there that's not meant to be malicious, but there's a third person that can make that site malicious now. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm, it's good stuff. And, and, I'm I'm excited for the schedule. Actually, it hadn't occurred to me that since it's a two track, I have to I have to figure out what my schedule is. You have to figure out what to go see. Yeah, and we have again. You mentioned Juan uh, in on the first day, uh, John, but he's also given that solid talk oh, he's that we that enjoyed so much. Too. Yeah, he's doing that on the on the second day. Which if if that that is one of those game changing talks that really really has you sit back and, and start to rethink how you code and, and you know what practices, what workflows, what patterns you use. That, that's going to be a that, tough call That developing there. solid. 
that developing yeah. solid versus the DevOps for small teams by Joe Ferguson. That would yeah. be, that's going to be yeah, a tough that's... call. I'm also looking forward to Jeremy's talk. The iterators, generators, and decorators. I'm really looking forward to that one as well. So are we allowed to so, like put other people at the desk and we can go sit in the talks? We're going to have to. I mean, like how much how much how much is there going to be to do during the talks, right? I mean, as long as we have somebody there making sure people don't steal anything, I think we're okay. <laughs> Do yeah. we even have vendor tables? Yeah, I don't think we have. I don't think we have a vendor who who's opted to to manage a table yet. Have we? Yeah, I think Oracle will. But that's a good question. We'll have we'll have some. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we have the space for vendor tables, but I think yeah, a lot of the vendors are pretty much like, ah, we don't we don't need a table. Just just go ahead and and just put our name on on. You know, the site. Um, so yeah, if, if you've been thinking about coming to WayPHP, uh, needless to say, time is running out. But and if you listen to last week's show, John's giving away money again by offering a a, a discount code you can use. Oh, that has an giving just giving, just giving it away. <laughs> but yeah, take take a look at the schedule. I mean, just look at the topics, look at the presenters. I mean, we've got Ben. Uh, there's so many just. End to end, A to Z, good good speakers here. I'm I'm really I'm really getting hyped to, to see these talks now. now. You know what I want to do this weekend? I'm gonna I'm gonna do some work on the Wave PHP site. And I, I thought okay. you're gonna work on your Chrome homepage. No, I I did that immediately afterwards. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a button on the schedule page that allows you to build your schedule so that you can print it out or save it as a PDF or whatever. See, I've so wanted that, to do that, but haven't. You're saying it on the podcast, so now you are obligated yes, to yes. do Yes, so. I am doing that this weekend. Okay. All right. So we're going to have a button that lets you build your personalized schedule so that you can, you can have a quick reference. Thomas is going to edit the podcast this week. He's just going to cut that whole piece out. <laughs> if I if I edit, about? it's one or the other. I'm editing the podcast and that gets cut out, or I'm not editing the podcast and that gets done. <laughs> this is yeah. this is negotiation 101, people. Well played. We, we sir. still need well to played. make. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize I had it, so you can click on the... Uh... Oh, I, okay, that's cool. You can click on the schedule and, and get more about the talk. I forgot I put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, I've, that's I've good. got a lot of work ahead of me. Look at that. You see the presenter's info? Somebody did a really good job here. Who did that? Eric, you're awesome. Good job. It must have been Marcus. It's just this, this picture. I keep going back to this picture of Jesse Decker sit leaning on a Cobra 427 in his leather jacket. <laughs> just... Jesus, that that guy's too good looking. Calm down, buddy. Sorry, why nice. were we? <laughs> you've been you've been working on the other right. sites a little too long, yeah. We've 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 hyped up Wave enough, I, I guess. Yes. I, I am getting excited. I'm sure we're going to be talking more and more about it as the weeks, you know, get closer. But I, I'm I'm truly, honestly, getting more and more excited about it actually happening now. And you'll you'll know how well it went if there's never a PHP ugly podcast after Wave PHP. 
<laughs> if we just if we're no longer on speaking terms. <laughs> no, we've been there before. We still managed to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, Tom Tom got drunk and crashed the sexual harassment talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had, we had to evict Tom for code of conduct violations. No longer welcome back in San Diego. <laughs> now, I want to talk about hacking. My meetup this week, my presentation this week, was about hacking with XSS and front, you know, front end and back end and all that stuff. But it's been a weird week in hacking as well. We've, we've had a lot of interesting stuff happen. One of the big ones is that the Snapchat source code got leaked and then put on GitHub. This this interested me because, God, where do you where do you even start when your source code is dumped in public? And you don't know who has a copy at that point. Well, yeah, it's safe to assume everybody has a copy. Once it's on GitHub, it's safe to assume that it's easily acquired in any nefarious channel mm-hmm. from now on. And and this no one really knows how it got leaked. Uh, no one knows why it was just put out there the end and then Snapchat took DMCA claims to take it down but now it's out there now everyone can review your code for every minuscule vulnerability and test it against their own builds and i mean how screwed are you what would what would you guys do if your whole system got dumped out in public cry is, I mean, is that an option? Really? You, you, you think? I mean, you, you think it would be that that bad of a thing? Yeah. For, for something like Snapchat, oh, yeah. where where people you have millions of users, that's. I mean, you're. I don't know how you survive that. What What is your concern, though? I mean, it, it was only the it was only the code, so it's it's the recipe, but it wasn't it wasn't credentials. It wasn't right, but but like Tom said, though. You, it's so difficult to have a hundred percent secure system. So the code out right. there makes it easier for well, people it's that Im- want it's to impossible, hack it. right? For people that want to hack your site, now they have the code to figure out how to do so. Mm-hmm. And then, so what's what's Snapchat's next move? Do they hire one hundred new programmers to audit every single line of code and try to try to hack it before the hackers do? Or what stops somebody from spinning up a, a new service with the same exact code? Well, that's fine. Well, well, yeah. I mean, then you can have legal, potential legal actions. And, and again, somebody, somebody spinning, spinning up, taking Snapchat's code, spinning up another service. You still don't have Snapchat's clientele, and you <clears> still <throat> don't have. You're still not Snapchat. So yeah, you spin up another service. You know. Hope you don't get caught that you just stole their code to spin up your service. You still have to, you know, get the people behind it. Now the question is, what source code was it? Was it their API backend? Was it their their phone code? Or was it everything? Yeah, because that's also going to make a, a bit of difference. So, so to answer to answer your question, I mean, I don't particularly want my proprietary code 
released to the public, and a lot of that, like you said, you know, there's some shaming going on there. You know, there there are things in that code base I'm not particularly proud of, and <laughs> yes, I I don't want to have to lose the sleep on thinking, trying to figure out where all my vulnerabilities are, but. Yeah, end of day, it's you know, it's code. It's you just change code. I don't know. Yeah. It's I still think there's a a huge difference on a site that has that kind of visibility versus something that doesn't. Well, I mean, so so ask yourself this: every site out there that every popular site out there that's running WordPress has their code out in the public, and I mean, I mean. You do really you do terrible see. example. Yeah, <laughs> really. You do, you do see, but but uh, but the the point being, it's it's yeah, it's code. I mean, it's just code. I mean, it's it it go, sort of goes to the argument of closed source versus open source. Where, I mean, yeah, WordPress is the worst possible example because it does get violated. Yeah, it gets hammered badly, and because it's open source. I can't help but think that we're one one boolean away from in a GitHub database table somewhere of releasing all code across the board. Like somebody just making a, the wrong database change in GitHub and all of a sudden all those private repos become public repos. Yeah. I we're already walking a very thin line by by even letting our stuff be hosted on a service that prides itself on sh- having open source visibility to source code. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's all on the exact same platform. It's, it's only a matter of time before something happens where everything get, gets exposed, is, is what I think. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about wow. it. Wow, that's doom and gloomy. So not the worst thing to have to overcome. Yeah, my, not yeah, particularly hat. something I, I want to live through, but... Yeah, I, I I like that. Uh, I like the intellectual exercise, though. Of what would you do once all your code is public? Uh, none of well, your none of your keys. It's just do you what? What faith do you have me, in let, your code? Let me ask you this question. I mean, in kind of along those same lines, is you know how do you handle it when you roll developers off? I mean, I've been rolled. I've I've left positions where I still have their source code. Because I, you know, I had access to their GitHub repos. I, I had legitimate reasons to, to to copy the repos, and and the fact that I held on to the code wasn't necessarily malicious. This just happened the other day. I was actually going through an old drive, and I'm like, "What is this? What is this here?" And I I clicked clicked into a folder. And I'm like, "Holy crap! This is that project from that company, you know, way back when." And I mean, I I have I I'm sure I've come across source code from probably every job I, I've had in IT. So, I mean, that that almost is just as dangerous. I, I because- think there's multiple answers to this. I think step one is, as, as an American firm, you trust the legal system. I, I think most people trust the legal system, where if somebody does you wrong, they'll get caught and punished. Um. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know, I feel like that sounds myopic, but I think that's what most people actually trust. I'm, I'm actually surprised this isn't a bigger issue with disgruntled employees, especially developers who feel like they're gods. Now, I can tell you. When they don't get their ways. 
with it with server administrators this is an enormous issue um i've actually researched this back in 99 and do you know what a, a tiger team is yeah no a tiger team is a a sort of a white hat hacker group that finds and penetrates a system to prove its what its vulnerabilities are so that they can be closed up and they issue a report. Um, and most of the times the IT teams, even the IT managers don't even know that they're working. Yeah. It's uh, in most situations that I've seen, it's only the, um, uh, chief technical, the CTO, chief technical officer, uh, and nobody else, even the CEO doesn't know because the CEO is a primary target for, you know, exfiltration of data. So these teams are very good at what they do, and one of the things they do is usurp administrators. Um, Tiger teams get a lot of attention publicly for the hacking, pen testing, and stuff like that, but a lot of the jobs they do are firing somebody who has the highest level clearance in the system, somebody who has god mode over everything and they'll come in at night and put thumb drives in administrators computers and i mean if you have a a cto for example that you need to fire and he's got access to everything 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 how do you fire that person and make sure they're not going to compromise your system in the future uh and the way you do it is through months of preparation and then a 10-minute execution of a plan where everything is destroyed, all access that they could potentially have is destroyed, any back doors that they have have been detected and removed all at once. You can't give them a hint that they're going to be fired. And I've read some amazing stories about these kinds of teams where they found back doors, they found VPN access that allowed them into the system, they found uh, hidden code that would allow them backdoor access to customer records, and they have to close all of these different avenues at once. Because if they close one off, then it throws off, it throws the scent on them. So it's I, I, that's if I had my dream career, oh my god, that would be it: sneaking into the <laughs> office at night and hacking the administrator's computer. Oh. Yeah, so like I said, I'm I'm surprised that this isn't a bigger problem with developers and disgruntled employees and developers who think that they're better than everybody else and all that. But you brought up hacking, and f- literally five minutes before we went on air, had a client say their GoDaddy account was hacked, and they changed the DNS record of their DNS server to point somewhere else. So, oh no! All the domains that were relying on those DNS servers were then toast. Luckily, it was minutes. Got notification, was able to get on with GoDaddy and get it all situated. But that's not fun. I'm surprised that you were able to recover that quickly. I've seen stories in the past of really horrific DNS hacks that just couldn't be recovered at all. Well. It wasn't DNS hacks, luckily. It was it was a weak password into GoDaddy. And actually, while he was on the 
phone with Godet tech support, they said, oh, yeah, we see somebody in there now, like, (laughs) trying to make changes. So, luckily, he was able to get on with somebody, get that person locked out, make a stronger password, enable two-factor authentication, get the DNS, (laughs) get the record pointing back to our DNS servers. Basically, that's what he did was, whoever did it was able to redirect all the traffic that was going to the DNS servers over to theirs. Whether they were prepared for that, I don't know. Now, we have another significant hack. This one scares me more. But Homebrew got hacked. Really? Uh, You guys are Mac users. You know Homebrew quite well. Homebrew is... Well, you, you describe Homebrew because I don't use it. I don't know it as well as you do. So it's basically it's a composer for a, PHP. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I mean, I knew it. Well, why would you not go software there? Software package man- manager. <laughs> of course you're going to go there. You make you make it sound like that was a bad example. No, no, I knew you yeah. guys were both going to talk over each other. Oh, is that what happened? <laughs> yes. It's John, John, you explain homebrew. I just did. Why, what, why does it have to be John? It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so get it. the the scary part about this article is that the guy who hacked uh in homebrew and was able to drop a, a binary file in their git repo is seems like he kind of did it because he was bored and he's not a hacker he was just curious what hacking is like and did it let's clarify a little bit of what what happened so the article that posted was how I gained commit access to homebrew in 30 minutes. And, yeah, it, essentially that's that's what happened. This this person decided that you know he wanted to see if he could get commit access to the homebrew brew repo where he could add, add malicious code and get it committed, and he did it. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting exercise, and he he walks you through exactly how he did it, and uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, well, not cool, cool. It it almost seems like why why isn't this exploited more fre- frequently? Because with open source projects, especially that that use these build services, um, yeah, we'll we'll post it in the show notes, but it, it's. It's pretty. It's a. It's a quick read. Interesting read, but yeah. You know, yeah. The, it's... the topics. Topics come up a few times about malicious code being added to open source repos and what what measures are put in place to capture that. Well, and the access that he had was admin access, so he didn't. All he had to do was push. A commit, but if he wanted to hide that commit, he could do a commit rewrite that made it appear as if it was someone else's commit that had already been accepted and reviewed. Um, my my question is: Is the homebrew project compromised now? Has it has has a malicious team compromised homebrew a long time ago? Because this literally took thirty minutes, and slowly inserted their malicious code into the system and now just all Mac machines running homebrew are compromised. I don't think there's any evidence of that. <laughs> but I, I think you, that's you you may not know it though. 
Right. That's what, the, what he's the, the key with the key with real oh, malicious. FUD. The you're key with real gloom. malicious actors. You're not fud, okay? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. We're not we're not going down we're not going down that path. This was a this was a good read, but there, there's there's no reason to think. Well, now every every Mac that runs homebrew okay, has well, been compromised. You can't just say Tom's not allowed to do his segment. So I can if you're not doing your 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 segment. Your segment is not about. Well, I have to I have to announce doubt. it. What is your segment? Breaking news. Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Is your gloom. segment. Not fud. There's a difference. All right. Fine. <laughs> You're right. I I just, I'm just saying, paranoia. Everybody's right. I'm an asshole. I'm a mean person. <laughs> paranoia is, is a way of life for me because of, because of my experiences in the security sector in the past. Is the, the, real, and it, the real viruses you need to worry about, the real worms you need to worry about, are the zero-day ones that don't have any method of detection at all. The ones that are doing yep. something that's not, it's not data mining. Yep, it's, and I'm worried about getting shot in the head every time I go into a 7-Eleven. So let's move on. I mean, these, these are well, all concerns now we that can, we Now our with. sponsorship with 7-Eleven is just dead in the water. Thanks. <laughs> I, I mean, this, this has always been one of my frustrations with security, uh, sec, uh, security groups in, in general. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with these white hackers, gray hackers who find these vulnerabilities, who expose these vulnerabilities, who show ways of fixing it. But I really, really have a short fuse with security professionals who come on and say, well, you know, because of this, every computer now can be compromised. It's like what you, you have, you, you have no basis of that. You, I mean, why are you even saying that? Are, are you offering a solution? Are you, are you, are you telling us what to look for? Are you telling us how? No, it's just making those stupid statements like that irritate the holy hell out of me. And when I was in Enterprise, we had a security group. That's all they did. Well, you know, Apache has a security flaw now, so every, all the websites can be compromised. It's like, what? No, what What are you talking about? No, they, they don't have access to install Apache. Blah. I mean, it, it's so frustrating. I really, really can't stand when people do that. And and you just did it, and it irritated me. I, I, feel, like, I feel like this is the key... To the success, the wild success of our podcast, the massive 2,100 downloads over the last three weeks success of our podcast <laughs> is that I am on the literal opposite end of the spectrum from you. I believe every computer is compromised. And you think, you think it's fine just to cause this chaos and, and not give any resolution, not give any direction, just point no. and say... Oh, you're probably compromised. You're no, probably no, compromised. No. Nobody listens to That's us. That's what you're doing. I'm not though. causing any chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore my previous statement. You did it with me. I was I was on the same page as you. Like, yeah, it's possible. You don't know. Oh, A typical John always jumps to the other side of the fence on me. Always being God. nice. Always being, you know, the, I understand this person's <laughs> view. All right, back in the security realm. Back in the security realm and on our one of our favorite topics, the Laravel maintenance system. We got bit by this. Yeah. Bit, I, bit by it? Yep. Like you got you got compromised? No, 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 no. We didn't get compromised. But uh, we saw the secu- the security patch come out, and uh, it, it was weird because 
were working on a Greenfield app, there was no reason to, to push the patch through immediately, but this security patch came out for Laravel yesterday. We looked at it. We're like, okay, well, we need to apply this eventually anyway, so let's go ahead and apply it. And we applied it to our Greenfield app, broke the entire app. <laughs> like nothing, nothing would work after we applied it. It's like, what the hell? And, and it seemed like an easy enough change. Um, and, and we narrowed down the the problem because the Greenfield app is a uh, is a heavily API driven application oh. where we're using Passport. It's right there in the documentation. Passport six oh seven has been released with a new without cookie serialization method. That that's new though, John. That, that wasn't that's there when, that's when in the security released. patch. So the oh. issue here is that cookie serialization in a security patch has been disabled. You can re-enable it, but this is a backwards compatibility breaking change in Laravel in a minor a, in version. a minor revision release. But it's a security patch. Is I mean, it? It's not a minor. It's not a minor religion release. It's a security patch. Yeah, it is. It's a security. What's patch. the CVE number? Huh? The CVE. What's well, the CVE number for the security patch? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's still, it's still backwards breaking. If you, I'll went tell from you, five six two nine to five six three zero. It's that's a minor release. There's no CVE. All right. Well, there's no CVE. I mean, it's still, it you, does, it does, it's still a security patch. But it was. I understand that breaking. But when I, I, I hate to dig. I sorry. I, I said hate. I meant love. To dig into this again, enterprise ready. That means <laughs> CVEs. That means security patches I mean, are not backwards breaking. They, they, they don't. Ha- they don't have control over that. They don't have control over 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 those being made. They yeah, just they identify do. it. Making a CVE is the thing you should do when when issuing a security patch. If if a CVE doesn't already exist that's disclosing the security vulnerability, you should be making one. Mm. And as as the upgrade guide notes. The vulnerability is only exploitable if your API key, your encryption key, has been disclosed to a malicious user. It, which seems crazy to me. Because you're, if your encryption key has been disclosed to a malicious user, you have more problems than just the cookie serialization. Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Not necessarily. So what, what is happening with the serialization is now you can inject code into the unserialized uh, method and have remote access. So in this case, it is more more dangerous than having the security key to get access to cookie information on other people's machines. Because now, for that, you need two pieces. You need the the key and access to other machines to gather their cookie data. So are you saying it. that something something in the cookie is getting exact locally? There, there is a PHP vulnerability with unserialized. So if you're unserializing data that you're not in control of, there is a, I believe it is a remote execution vulnerability. You can have unserialized execute code in your application. Okay, but isn't that a PHP vulnerability? It, but that's been yes, but that's a known vulnerability in PHP. 
now if you have cookies being unserialized and you can inject data into that cookie and you're always unserializing it that's exploiting that so I, I my issue is I'm not seeing that explained here I'm seeing a feature that you guys literally used being removed from the newest version because of a vulnerability in the core, which is which Laravel is not it, responsible it was, for. It wasn't re, it wasn't removed. It was patched. No serialization was removed as the default, right? And you and you have to use a new static protected uh, argument variable to, to re-enable it, it. <clears throat> right? So, like, a feature was removed as the default, which is a breaking change, and a new feature was added to toggle that functionality. It's, uh, so okay. the, the unserialized is PHP object injection, and it is a remote vulnerability. All right. So I, 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 see, I, see, I see your point, Thomas. I'm trying, I'm trying to take the lessons John ta- taught me, you know, agree with the person. <laughs> Don't look like a complete ass. I, I, I see. I see your point from an enterprise perspective that that there there is a process around uh, explaining security of vulnerabilities that is a common practice practice in the industry. So, yeah, you know, get going back on whether or not Laravel is enterprise ready. An argument could be made there of then you should follow these common practices. I think we have long stated that you know Laravel is missing a lot of pieces as far as being enterprise ready. So the fact that they chose to handle the security patch internally with internally when I say internally, I mean internally to the project. I, I don't I don't really understand the concern there. And then you both seem to be mentioning the fact that it, it's it's well, uh, here's a breaking my, change. Here's my concern: is that. Okay. This is a breaking change for platforms developed on top of Laravel, and the break will only occur when you implement the change. The, mm-hmm. the proper way of doing this was to keep the default at serialization and to add the functionality to turn serialization off. Right. So now mm-hmm. if you want to keep serialization, but, you but have to change even- code in your code base versus in the framework that you're downloading as a library. But so, isn't that keep isn't that keeping the default uh isn't that keeping the default behavior as vulnerable then? Yes, within but it's a within a single yeah. Within a security release, yes. Because the security release is to say there's going to be a coming new major release that will address the security patch as the default. And and to me it's different in the sense that it's not a security vulnerability where everyone is all automatically vulnerable. The attacker has to have your encryption key to be able to attack you. So it's not a going back to that FUD, it's not a widespread attack. It's not like everything that was 569 is all of a sudden vulnerable. Right, you can't just spread spectrum search the net for Laravel installs. You you have to have a very, very secure value in the first place, and that would let you run arbitrary code. And then even within even within the, the notification, the upgrade notification, it says if somebody has your API key who shouldn't, then you need to change it. So 
The, I mean, I think this just goes to show it hurts the problem more than it helps. With, That's my issue with security with security in the industry because you can never do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's 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 one of the there's there's the a procedure. There's a procedure for doing it right. I don't feel like this followed the procedure. Hmm. But even uh, I think yeah. addressing new installs is one thing, and addressing existing installs is another thing. And we haven't patched for this because we our API key or our app key is secure. We don't feel compelled to immediately update this, but it's also worth note that this only this patch is only for five five and five six previous versions, which are also affected by the same vulnerability because it's core to PHP, not Laravel, are not supported at all. Five four is not getting updated. Five three five two five one. Not updated. Because they're EOL? Yeah. So, even if you want this, if, if, if you really have this issue, what are the odds that you have the latest and greatest? Uh, that's true. Yeah. And, and my experience with security patches is that if, if it's really severe, you support stuff that's still EOL. It, I don't see it as an oh my gosh, everything the sky's falling because it's not. Well, that's where you and I and Eric are different. I believe in the chaos of the system. <laughs> yeah, I agree with John. Yeah, and again, it seems like a lot of this could have been changed. Like if if you saw the security notice and you didn't want to apply the patch, you just go in there and and change your your app key. Yeah, but if your composer if your composer file includes security patches by default and someone pushes a change to production without realizing that it's going to update their system, you could crash a live application without knowing it now. I mean, that's that's a very real case is that if you well, well, if you're including 5.6 point star, then your application just died the next time you pushed to production. Right, and actually, and where I was going when this conversation started is, we actually applied this to our Greenfield app. It completely broke the application. We we narrowed it down to it being a problem with Passport uh, because we we're using Passport for the authentication between Vue.js and all the APIs. And as of yesterday, there was no mention of any changes that needed to happen to Passport. And of course, yeah, I, I told the team when we. Just go to go to bed, sleep on it. By morning time, there'll there'll be some sort of issue opened up on this. And sure enough, the Laracast forum. It, yeah, it came. It, you know, and we got we got our Greenfield app up and running again. Fortunately, but fun yeah, stuff. It's, it's security's just, fun. It's it's weird to me, and especially after Laracon, where one of the one of the keynote points was addressing upgrade backwards compatibility breaking issues. <laughs> I heard I heard from some people about our po- podcast last week. Some, Ooh, some I people. was curious. Yeah, I was I was yeah. really curious. I, I, we we bashed pretty hardcore. I got to be honest. I mean, most of it was pretty positive. I mean, no, nobody nobody called me on the mat and said I was an ass or anything like that. And there was even some agreeance of people acknowledging, yeah, you know, Laravel seems like it's more of an ecosystem than what I consider a community at least. I mean, I think I think that was something that was brought to my attention is, you know, what I'm considering community to be. And I'm like, yeah, I, I I guess I guess there is a differentiation there, but 
Now, now I have uh, to I have to ask you a question then. If I was out of bounds on this, Brian was talking about his presentation for Wave, and he said, "Yeah, he still has to go through and remove all of the references to Peak PHP and the logo and stuff." And I said, "Well, no, you don't. You can keep that in. This is a community I event. Agree. We." You guys want to focus? Oh, wait. oh wait, we're okay with it. Okay. <laughs> I, no, I. I like to yeah, use. No, it, I like to use the fine, royal yeah. we when we're talking about Wave PHP because I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I like to present myself as being somehow involved in the actual process through the podcast and my, my self promotion of it. So, so you're committing to a third of the budget or the cost. Perfect. There we go. I'm good with that. You're good. You're good with that. I'm sorry. My I'm sorry. My mic went out there. I what was that? You need you need to talk to Brian and any any other Wave PHP presenters, attendees, anybody who plan on being here in San Diego for Wave PHP. If you belong to a community, if you belong to a user group, you guys, if if you want to bring stickers, you want to promote it. I mean. We should really think of a way to... So, to this is what pass. I was saying. I, I was telling him, I was telling him, listen, we're, we're all about community. And we our complaints about other to-go unnamed conferences is, is they aren't about community. So, having the Peak PHP logo in the corner of your slides during the presentation, to us, is a positive. You're putting it out mm-hmm. there and saying, I'm an organizer or presenter for Peak PHP... People should know that. That's that's not something I, we want we, taken we out. We encourage them to even have a slide that that outlines that. So that's I'm I'm glad that mm-hmm. I, this got this came up because that was I wanted to make sure I didn't overstep my bounds and say like, hey, cross marketing is bad because I know <laughs> marketing is is crazy. I don't want to step on your guys' feet at all. So there's yeah. a there's a difference with when you when you're talking about community. I wouldn't let Laravel come in and just market because he's making money off of the project. It's not a community type thing. And I don't mean to pick on Laravel. I mean anything. But, if, if you're but, going to but promote... a perfect example. Yeah, if you're going to promote to the, the people that are attending any conference and you make money off of that, then you should be sponsoring that conference. Something like a user group like PHP... They're not. They're, you're not there to make money. You're just kind of talking about, hey, if you happen to be in our area, we have a meetup that we would like you to attend. And and supporting the, the greater community by talking about your user group. You're also talking about user groups in general to get people out there. Do you guys, do you guys have Can a we, community moment planned or a community yes. yeah, I think, thing? Yeah, I think we're going to try to do something, yeah. It, it'll be but, but, during the opening, during the closing, as we're... As Eric and I are up there bickering like we normally do, we will definitely acknowledge the community. I'm, I'm just gonna be up there like this, looking at everybody. Oh, just so disappointed. You're nor- so normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, my normal 12, roasting bitch face. As I'm Twelve feet tall and and upset at your decisions. <laughs> so, Cal Evans is gonna be there. He'll talk a lot about community. I know, but him talking in 2010 when I went to my first tech about community is what got me to where I'm at today. It's what got me out of my rut with the where I was at. Got me going to user groups. All of that. Damn it, Cal. Hmm. My life would have been so much better had you not done that. 
but to to kind of expand on the on the cross promoting i mean if you look over at uh the sponsors you see one of the sponsors of wave php is sunshine php uh, another conference another community conference and again you know we felt comfortable letting them sponsor our our conference because it's kind of the same mindset of you know it's a community focused conference right just kind of promoting to each other and if you are in the mindset of going to a conference, you're not going to go to just one. Go go to a few different ones because there there are so many good yeah. ones, and it's all about networking. I mean, the the number of people I know from the PHP community that have been able to get a job just because they were let go where they were at, but they had access to our community and are all of a sudden working again just shows you the power of having that networking experience. Yeah. It's just, it's just nice to share knowledge and get different opinions and views. And, and again, you build up friendships at these things that carry over thing, especially thanks to things like Twitter and Facebook and these social media platforms where you can meet, meet these meet people once a year and continue your relationship and conversations with them throughout the year until until you, you your paths cross again at another conference down the road. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really true Eric is you you can't be a dick about everything unless you've been exposed to everything. I don't think he said no. that but No. <laughs> I guess it'll work. <laughs> I'm tr- I'm trying to smoothly transition from having to go to the bathroom due to my walnut bladder. Well, I, I, I was going to ask if you had agreed with everything we had stated up until this point, but well, I'm I'm, I'm not editing. I don't know. I, I won't know what you said this time. Now you have, you have to listen to listen to the show. Oh, uh, again, for the record, I I went back and listened to shows. Thomas did miss out on one show. It wasn't necessarily his fault. Really, it was a technical. It was a technical issue that we couldn't overcome, but you missed out on the show that John and I recorded at PHP Tech in Atlanta. The, oh. The group, yeah, the, the group one. So that that wasn't necessarily your fault. But you know what's funny is listening... So I went back and I started listening to all the intros, which is like my favorite part of the show. I can listen to like the first Thank you. 20 seconds of the show over and over again. But it it was funny way back in the day how big of a deal it was that you you never even listened to the show like what you know, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it was like always a thing it's like yeah I until never... until I had to edit it <laughs> it's like I, did, I don't I don't even remember what we talked about I didn't listen to the show it's like you didn't how did how did you not listen to the show <laughs> now <laughs> see now the now the back catalog is just so big I can't I can never catch up no. No, you couldn't. Although we have listeners trying to catch up, which is to me insane. That is some self abuse right there. I tell you. Just listen I'm, to it I'm curious. We make a lot of weird comments that when you listen to it backwards make a lot of sense. What <laughs> what place what what place do you think we're in in the PHP podcast sphere? Uh, it, I mean we have it's not a race. Who knows? Yeah. I, <laughs> so you think we're losing then? I think what I think what catch what takes everybody by surprise is when they see how many shows we have, like how, how many how many shows we've recorded, and that oh yeah these this isn't something these guys are just doing 
just started doing or anything like that. And then they see, oh, they've been doing this for a couple of years. It's Which is how surprising. it's just surprisingly wrong they are. It's that every week it's just like, maybe we're doing it. I, It's hard to get you guys both together at the same time. We only, we only verify at the last minute. There's no need to verify. We know what time we're doing it every week. I mean, I don't understand why you're always verifying. I live, I like, live in a paranoid sphere. We, we, know, we know what time we're recording. It's the same. For, for, for months, we kept we, our, our standard reply was, we only record on Thursdays. <laughs> Tom would spend the next 15 minutes, but it's Thursday. Guys, guys, it's Thursday. Today's hey, Thursday. Hey, hey. Tom, Tom. <laughs> Just so you know, I understand your paranoia. When it comes to time issues, I've got the same thing. The same issue. <laughs> Just yesterday, I had I had somewhere I had to be, hired a babysitter, and an hour before, I'm like, an hour before, I'm like, hey, I know it's an unusual time, but you're going to be here, right? <laughs> my, 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 baby, my babysitter was like... You want to hear a fun oh. fact? You want to hear something fun, Thomas? I, mean, I, it, I know John. John it's knows numeric. This, I'd love know if it. You know it. If it has something to do with 116. And, and all of our listeners might appreciate this too. My 20 year old daughter, who works for Diego Dev. 20. Uh, yeah, she's 20 now. Fuck. Um, college graduate. She she got she got her first uh, um, diploma from. Congratulations. From a two, two year. Yeah. She announced uh, her candidacy for mayor. Of our of our little town here. Okay, well yeah. now you now you have to say her name, uh, Emily Johnson. I mean, Emily, is it Johnson or yeah. Van Johnson? Just Johnson. It's Johnson. Wow. Just Johnson. Disrespectful. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Why? That's my last name, Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So my daughter. Not only did she go to file the paperwork to run for mayor, um, because she was this new candidate. And she didn't. I, I don't know all all the reasons, but she had to get a certain amount of signatures uh, on a petition to add her to the ballot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she she got all the signatures, so she is an official running mayor mayoral candidate right now of our that is of our awesome. town here of Poway. Congratulations. <laughs> So uh, we need to think of ways to troll the elections, uh, the uh, the voting here in Poway, just to make everybody paranoid. Like, start promoting her. I I don't even know if she has a. I I know she started a uh, Instagram handle for her mayor mayoral run. I'll, maybe I'll put that in the show notes as well. I'll, I'll call all the Russians I know. <laughs> you call. <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's been an interesting time here at at the at the ranch and and uh, yeah, fun stuff. I'll I'll add her I'll add her Instagram so to the uh, to to the show notes. The funny thing is, after I learned that about her yesterday or today, I was watching American Ninja Warrior from a probably like five weeks ago, and the mayor of wherever they're at, at the time looked like a young kid. Yeah. In, their, in their 20s. Yeah, right? it's it's becoming really common because wow. of, you know, the stuff going on. Meanwhile, they're probably 30 and I'm just getting older now. <laughs> they look like a young kid. There's that. There's that as well, yeah. I've, se- I've seen some pictures of when we first started hanging out at SDPHP. And there was a lot less gray on all of us. 
Do you guys do you guys have have five more minutes? Sure. I want to boil down a conversation that John and I had earlier and give my research into it. Uh, we were talking about a new library that came out called GRPC. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Google's RPC framework, mm-hmm. and we talked about well, what is RPC versus REST? And so I did some research into it, and essentially, RPC is treated like method calls or function calls and rest <laughs> is treated like a resource like a database um so that was an interesting sort of revelation for me is that if you want to sort of send a command do something or uh process something an rpc call would be the proper way to do that but if you're accessing a trove of information uh if you're getting a database setback or something like that, or updating a record, then a RESTful API method would be the appropriate way to call that. And That's fascinating, because we all try to force REST into like trying to find some way to represent that processing as some sort of RESTful endpoint. Right, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like with PHP we've done that because RPC hasn't really been the option available, but in... In scenarios where, let's say, you want to send an image to a server and receive the image back with a watermark added to it, you're not expecting the data on the server to change. You're expecting the thing you're sending to be changed and sent back. That would be an RPC call. But if you're looking through a library of information and want to pull a specific record, that would be a RESTful call. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm very interested in incorporating this into my programming style uh i don't know i don't know if you guys have any comments on that but i, I thought that was uh so interesting I, I saw it in a tweet i pulled it up and started reading it it was very interesting and a lot of the examples they're using are from ios and android apps so you're in the middle of a an android app and you're you need to do something so as a developer i now want to do some processing on the server i'm going to make an rpc call Versus getting data, which would be like like you're saying, a, a restful call. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, sort of the record versus action behavior. Very. Yeah, that was very that was. I mean, that was the whole thing. I, was, I guess it didn't be need to be five minutes, but. Yeah, I, like I said, mm-hmm. when I saw it, I, I shared it in a couple of channels, trying to get other people's opinions on it. And the fact that you found that article was helpful. I've found myself to be very lazy recently, and become unhappy with that and i need to expand my my knowledge base again um Mm, interesting i need to get out there and learn other languages i i really should know node and i just don't and that i started i I I picked up uh i picked up go again i i was doing some cake php coding last weekend I, i i i was very close to switching wave php over to cake uh, just, <laughs> just to do it. Just, just I mean, fuck it. Yeah, just, I mean, just, just so, uh, like, I, I think I put in a tweet. I, I wanted to have a goal, you know. I wanted to, I wanted to be working towards something, um, you know, because I was just, I was just kind of going through the tutorials on Cake again, and and I, I done Cake previously, so a lot of it was just, you know, some muscle memory was kicking in, and so I'm like, man, I bet you I could convert Wave PHP to Cake and like you know, an hour 
And uh, I, I started to do it, then I, I started thinking about a couple of services that I had. As a matter of fact, a couple of services I had written for um, Marcus, who's working on the chat bot. I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't want to rewrite those right now, and didn't want to, didn't want to disrupt anything <laughs> he was working on. Then I started uh, taking up a Go again, which you know, again, Go is like one of those things. It's like Python. It's like it seems like it's so useful, and. You know, I, I really start to enjoy, like, coding in it. And then w at the moment I get through the tutorials, I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do anything anymore. I don't know how to do <laughs> <Yeah>. anything. <laughs> For me, my hard and fast rule is if I know the language, then that's the language I use. And the language I, I quote-unquote know is PHP. So that's the language I keep using. But the reality for me is that there are certain tasks that should not be done by PHP that I still do with PHP. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I need to reassess why I'm doing those things with PHP. Um, I do a lot of image processing for my admin system, and it shouldn't be PHP anymore. It should be a much faster system. It should be something that supports threading and, and all sorts of optimizations. And the reason that it isn't is because I don't know how to call a job from Laravel queues to a node job processor or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. And this is a fault of mine. I should be doing this, but I'm not. And the fact that I'm not, I think, is holding me back as a programmer. Well, then you, so, go, then you go to the, the meetup last night where he, he was saying that PHP has come so far since the, the early days that anything you can do in another language, there's no reason not to do in PHP now. So, <laughs> yeah, so I just, he I just don't he know that that's true. He mentioned Node. Anything? And the big thing, the big thing with Node is, is what they're calling async, but it's using select to be able to saturate your CPU. So you're, you're offloading a lot of the work into, not necessarily promises, but that is just the, the object or the object that we're used to seeing. Mm. But it's, it's better architecting of your code. If you can, PHP allows you to do it. Just most of us as PHP developers don't have that mindset to do so. So that's 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 a bummer to hear. My uh, my apologies to uh, to Sean Mays because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see Jesse Decker's presentation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I remember what I was gonna say. I would opened up a PR recently, so the main project I work on, there's developers there that I feel now run circles around me. And I'm back in that mindset of having imposter syndrome. Like, up until I started working with them, I thought I knew what I was doing. I open a PR, and somebody does a review, and they're like, yeah, but you should really be using a, an adapter here, and then on the, that adapter is where you should put this code, and you, you should be doing this. So then I spent like an hour trying to take their advice and put it into the PR, like change my code to, to match that and ended up down so many rabbit holes where my, my commit message was like, I give up. I wrote back on the PR, like, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I just can't seem to wrap my head around it. Like I wanted to say I'm not smart enough to do it, but I stopped writing that because that's not like, oh, woe is me. I just, I just laid it out. Like, I tried. I went down a rabbit hole. That's a, and, that's and, a bad mental habit. Right. And I failed. So at this point, either accept the PR as is because I know it works. I have tests that prove it works. Maybe it's not the best. 
or we just close the PR and say, screw it, it's not that important, or you take it over, <laughs> or somebody else takes it over. <laughs> and then I went back to it the next day, started working on it, and made another commit of shrug, like, I don't know. And then a third commit, like, trying again, and I finally got what I think he was after. <laughs> so it was just this, like, <laughs> oh, I just, I hated that. Felt dumb that during that time. Welcome to my world. Every time I talk to you, Jen, that's how I feel. Uh, you said that to me. Weird. Why does no one say that to me anymore? Because you don't know. All right, mode. I think that's it. We're wrapping up. We we ran way too long. I thought for sure this was going to be a short show, but episode one sixteen is in the bag. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Congdon. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly. Keep it ugly.